This podcast is brought to you by Primary Intelligence, the leader in win-loss analysis, focused on helping businesses uncover the unique story of how each sales rep can win more deals. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sales Intelligence Weekly Podcast from Primary Intelligence. I'm your host, Ryan Queller. Today, I'm really excited. We're gonna be exploring the most impactful ways marketers can use buyer feedback for strategic direction in their campaigns, market positioning, and beyond. Today, um, guys, I'm, I'm really excited. Today, we have Christine Davis, Director of Market Intelligence and Analyst Relations at Beeline uh, to help us explore this really important topic. Christine, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, listen, um, we're going to get into this enigma. Who is this Christine Davis? But before we do, I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. And uh, by the way, your about section is maybe the most well-written about section I've ever read, most entertaining at least. And at the bottom, you say, I believe in optimism, being authentic, challenging assumptions, sweet mint gum, Tar Heels basketball, and learning from the stories of others. Let's talk about this sweet mint gum. What's that all about? (laughs) Well, um, I do have a sweet tooth, but I try to be a healthy person. And so gum is a great um, alternative to candy and sweet mint is my favorite flavor. Also, when I find that I have to do a lot of writing and in my role, I do, um, gum helps me focus. So it's just a trick that I've used for years to be able to focus. And sweet mint's my favorite flavor. <laughs> I'm going to try this. You've just maybe given me a life hack that I need to try. So thank you for that. <laughs> well, welcome today. Yeah, yeah, right. Double, double my pleasure. Double mint gum. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing some about you. Tell us more about Beeline. Yeah. So for those listeners not familiar with Beeline, we offer software solutions that help companies around the world better source and manage their extended workforce. And that is your non-employee talent that can make up as much as half of an organization's total workforce. Uh, These extended workers go by a variety of names and might be known in your organization as contractors, freelancers, consultants, or even gig workers. While Beeline's been around for a little over 20 years, I've been calling it home for 13. Um, And the majority of that time, I've been focused on one or another shade of marketing. I love the work that I do, and I'm fortunate to be responsible for the strategic direction of a number of programs that roll up under the larger heading of market intelligence. That includes our programs for win, loss, and voice of the customer, both of which we've partnered with primary intelligence for, and others we run internally, such as our competitive intelligence program, analyst relations, our customer advisory board, and our online community. And what I love best is that these programs give me the opportunity to hear and learn firsthand from our buyers and customers and turn their feedback into business intelligence. Fantastic. We're excited for today. Let's get into this. Uh, Let's get into this topic uh, around um, using buyer feedback to make strategic decisions in marketing. Okay, Christine, why is buyer feedback so important for marketing to look at during strategic planning? Yeah, that's a great first question. Um, And really, it's where we start. As a general rule, our team has made a practice of looking at the market intelligence inclusive of buyer feedback as the first step in planning for campaigns, projects, really any strategic engagement. Um, It was Franklin Covey that said, seek first to understand. And that's really what we're trying to do. We we really want to understand as much context as we can 
And through our win-loss and voice of the customer programs, we have both that quantitative and qualitative data that enables us to not only better understand our buyer and customer personas, but also details on a number of business aspects like general sentiment on specific software solutions or features. And so that's what we want to go to that data first um, as we begin. Yeah. So you mentioned the, both the quantitative and the qualitative. Why is it important to have, I mean, both of those types of data sets? They, they both serve different purposes uh, for us. And so, you know, one I think of um, an example is our product strategy team, and they really want that quantitative data. You know, what a buyers think is the most important aspect in the buying decision. And so then they can take that, that quantitative, you know, okay, what's the number one thing that all the buyers have been saying for the last year is most important. And then as they're prioritizing all the different things they could be doing, say from a product strategy perspective, they can use that as an input to help with prioritization. Now, from a more marketing perspective, a little closer to home for me, an example would be compiling all the buyer and customer narratives, so that qualitative piece on a given topic and reviewing them at the start of campaign planning. Um, you know, what specific words are they using? What's that sentiment? Um, and for those that come from a customer, would they be somebody that we could quote in, the, in our marketing campaign somewhere? Or would they be someone that could provide a testimonial? Um, and then we integrate all of that into our larger marketing campaign plan. Okay, that's helpful. So what types of things uh, in the data, right? Uh, you mentioned mm -hmm. the narrative. What types of things have you found most valuable within your buyer data as you're trying to make strategic business decisions? So data about or information about personas. And so really, if, if I go all the way back to the beginning, um, it was that need to create rich buyer and user personas that started our win-loss journey over seven years ago. Mm. And we want to know our audience. So understanding why buyers and customers think and feel the way they do about a given topic is really key in our decision-making process. Um, and it can impact things from our marketing messages to our product positioning, sales approach, and even product design. Um, another thing that I really value because another one of the programs that I actually manage for Beeline um, is our co competitive intelligence program. And so I see win-loss data as a, a key component of that competitive intelligence. You know, here are our buyers who've just made a decision between Beeline and one of our competitors and their perception about our platform versus the competition is definitely valuable to the decisions we're making from a sales, marketing and product perspective. Okay. So I want to unpack something a touch. You've said that this, yeah. you've been doing this win-loss kind of exploration for seven years. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And the personas, uh, mm -hmm. uh, your buyer journey and buyer persona sounds like were really important to you. Why were those specific things um, imperative for you? Yeah, great question. Um, really, it was trying to understand, you know, again, back to how they think and how they feel um, and, and getting that deep understanding because I do truly believe that that's the starting place. I, I need to know my audience. I need to know how they think and how they feel. Um, and then from that, so much comes out of being able to understand how our buyers and customers think and feel. Um, it impacts our marketing messages because we want to tune those to deliver a message that's going to speak to, you know, a need or a problem that that buyer or customer might be having. Um, from a sales approach, the same thing. We want to, the way our sales folks, you know, 
meet with that prospect and talk to them, um, you know, again, generates out of how they, how they're buying, uh, what their buying process is like, and being able to understand all of those steps in the buying process. And so really that need for those rich buyer personas um, was, like I said, kicked off our journey. Mm, that's valuable to understand. I mean, lots of different organizations come at this uh, uh, win-loss understanding the insights from their buyers to help them make different types of strategic uh, decisions in, in marketing, yours started with that position. Uh, I would imagine there, there's several others. Has it changed over time? Has your uh, strategic need changed over time? Or are you still using it for the understanding of the persona over time? I think both, honestly. Um, okay. So from a per- persona perspective, yes, we've, we've got a really good baseline understanding of our buyers and customers but yeah, does that change and evolve over time? And do we need to stay kind of in tune with that from the from the data that we're getting? Yes. And so we do periodically do refreshes or, or dive maybe a little bit deeper in a specific persona. So as our buyers and users um, evolve, we want to keep a pulse on that. Um, but But yes, we are looking at other aspects of the data. But we do also use the data in a number of other ways and, and really we've tried to do a good job of socializing mm. our market intelligence program throughout the business. And while it wasn't immediate by making the data available and sharing it regularly and even interjecting it <laughs> when it wasn't asked for, um, <laughs> folks have started to see the value of it and want it more. And so where it may have been a push originally, it started to be a pull. And we get regular requests from all departments within the organization for different pieces of data. And so um, I think all of it's important. Um, you know, like I said, the product team wants to see more of that quantitative stuff. Our marketing team wants some more of the qualitative narratives and the, the actual words that are being used. Um, and then you know, there are other questions that we have added to our surveys and interviews over time that were specific maybe to something that we were doing at that time. So um, we see something in the data bubbling up. Um, I'll use integrations as an example. Mm. Um, And so that became a really important topic. And so then we did a few extra questions so that we were then getting this very specific data set to that topic for a little while, because it was something we felt we needed to dive deeper in. And so over time, that has changed and evolved. Yeah. So um, what I'm hearing you say, if I'm reading between the lines here, this is your your win-loss, the insights from your buyers. isn't static. You're not asking the same questions as business as business strategy changes. You're asking additional questions to align towards that business strategy. Am I following yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. And we've updated our assessment that we use, our assessment tools. Um, maybe not every year, but but I would say at least every two years um, we are tweaking some of the questions. I mean, there's definitely that core set of questions because we want that repeatable data over time that we can kind of benchmark and see the changes. But then we do leave a few few questions within the assessment that we we do tune depending on, you know, what is really important at that time or changes we're seeing in the market or yeah. So we are we're able to to use it that way. Okay. So that's brilliant. I think that's actually super insightful how you, Beeline is using uh, your buyer's voice and insights from win-loss data 
um, in this kind of beautiful live setting. It's not static, it is dynamic. Um, okay, so we talked about um, val what you found valuable. Let's get into how. How are you applying your findings from your buyer feedback to the business? Yeah, um, so you know, some of the things that I've already talked about is you know, those specific examples where you know, different departments, you know, we're, we're applying it in those different ways, like the example I gave around our product strategy team and looking at what is important to the buyer um, and how we're performing, even that competitive intelligence, how do we perform against our competitors? Um, mm. And it, again, using that as a tool for prioritization and even focus. Um, and then again, I, I hate to repeat myself, but it, you know, in marketing, we're using it for campaigns as well as projects um, where we are compiling that information. One that comes to mind is a campaign that we worked on just very recently. Um, and, you know, they brought to me uh, and my team, you know, five, these are the five main points we want to make in this, this campaign. And then can you validate them via buyer insights? One, to make sure that those are differentiators for us. Um, do buyers see those as, as something that differentiates us against our competitors? And then from, from the deeper insights that I pulled out of the True Voice system, uh, then being able to take those insights and use them as you know, potential quotes or proof points in our talk track, and then even going so far as to create many case studies or success stories from those buyers that became clients um, that sales could then use when talking to prospects. So equipping our sales team with these, these little nuggets of, of I think, gold. <laughs> I mean, when you're able to use the client's words um, and their, their story, it's really powerful in the sales process. So uh, I, I would agree. Uh, nuggets of gold. Um, <laughs> that, that's exactly what they, when you're hearing the, the buyer's voice, that's, that's the value. That's, that's what you need to hear. Why do you consider those nuggets of gold? Why, why is the buyer's voice so, so golden? Ah, third-party validation. <laughs> so much of what I do, in, in addition to uh, just the, the win-loss stuff, is really seek out ways to validate what we do um, from the perspective of others. So we have win-loss. We have our voice of the customer. We have um, our analyst relations program. And really all of those things are, and, and our customer advocacy um, initiatives, all of those are really around seeking that third-party validation. Um, you know, don't take my word for it. Here's what others are saying, because that's just such a powerful tool. So this, this and we've, we've touched on it several times already, but I really want to explore a little bit further um, how this has this evolution conversation that we started you know what other departments do these insights impact at beeline the easy answer is all of them ah, okay <laughs> all of the above right yeah e, that's, all of the that's above. probably me, me taking the easy way out right um but like i said we've worked hard to socialize the program throughout the organization um and you know, I, I think it's a testament to the work that we've done that we're now invited to the table when planning takes place. Um, it used to be, like I said, me making sure I was sharing it, you know, kind of going, hey, hey, here's this insight. It might be valuable to you. You didn't ask for it, but I know you're working on this and this, you know, this might be good for you. 
And it took a little bit of that for them to then see the value in it. And like I said, now we're at the table um, when planning takes place and the question gets asked in the very beginning, well, what does the win-loss data say about you know, this topic? Or what did the voice of the customer data say about this topic? And it really becomes part of that planning process. Okay. So love that. It's part of the planning process. How has this impacted your relationship, marketing's relationship with sales? So they do see our team as a resource for them. I mean, and that that makes sense. Marketing should be, but from a a, a strategic insight perspective, um, definitely we're fielding requests from our sales team and be that our direct sales team or even our Relate, we call them relationship managers at Beeline who are, are focused on our steady state clients. Um, but from either of those teams, you know, tapping us on the shoulder and say, hey, I have this situation going on. What have you got that can, can help me um, in this situation? Um, or here's a question that I'm trying to answer or a question I'm getting from a buyer or a customer. And what does the data say? And, and how can, can you assist me? Um, and so we do field those requests on a regular basis. They do see us as a, as a strategic resource for them. Okay. I want to get into a little bit more how. You've, you're a veteran <laughs> of this space, right? Seven years. That's no, small, that's no small thing. To be doing anything for seven years is pretty impressive, right? So tell me a little bit more. Um, how do you share insights and get buy-in with your executive team and other stakeholders? So from a tactical perspective, one thing we do is maintain uh, internal marketing market intelligence to SharePoint site. Um, and so this is a resource that we promote within the organization. Anyone within Beeline can access it, and it includes business intelligence from all the programs that we have. Um, so there's win-loss data, competitive intelligence, our analyst analysis, battle cards. There's, there's so much information in there. Um, and then we try to promote key insights as we become aware of them or we see a trend. Um, and we do that through various internal marketing communications like our employee newsletter, our weekly sales update. So again, those are some of the tactical things that we're doing just to, to kind of, again, promote the program, socialize it, make the data available to anybody um, who might need it. And then from a more strategic perspective, um, you know, trying to be involved from in those planning sessions when they do need that kind of market intelligence data, making regular updates to our um, executive team and letting them know when, you know, we see trends or, or things happening within, within the data that, that would be of interest to them. Um, we do that on a pretty regular cycle. Um, and then, you know, then there can be the ad hoc asks. So, you know, um, we're up against, uh, you know, X competitor in this situation and, and what data can you, you equip the team with? And that can be a cross-functional team that's maybe working on that sales engagement, um, inclusive of our executives. That's valuable. Okay. So, and, and this is, um, I, I'm curious to understand how you use this. You've, you've mentioned insights, like key insights, sharing key insights with your, your executives, what about in storytelling? Do you have any kind of um, insight how you might use your buyer's voice or the data from the win-loss in, in your storytelling and marketing? So yeah, I think storytelling is a key part of it. Um, for me, the, the stories are the richest part. Um, and that's really what I think our sales team is hung, most hungry for. Uh, the facts and the data are interesting, but I think when they can 
you know, demo the application and tell a real story along with it, it's so much more powerful. Um, and and I they they acknowledge that, and that's that's the tactic that they would like to be using. And so, as often as we can provide them with the stories that are coming out of the data. Um, so that's why I, I, I think the narrative, I, I love, don't get me wrong, I love charts and numbers, <laughs> but I think those narratives, those, those, the words of the buyer are just so much more powerful. Um, and so again, as we're planning a campaign or we're any other project, that's what I go to first. Uh, there is a the feature within True Voice where you can just do the keyword search, and it is probably the thing I use absolutely the most um, because I can search on whatever that 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 kind of keyword is for whatever the situation or the problem we're trying to address, um, and then pull back all of the various you know win loss stories um, or voice of the customer stories that are in True Voice around that keyword, and then. I read all of those and then turn that into some kind of usable tool for the business. You touched on competitive intelligence a little bit. Do you have any additional insights around competitive intelligence, how you might be using this information, your buyer's voice uh, in the research from uh, win-loss analysis in competitive intelligence? So we do see win-loss data and even our voice of the customer data as a key component of our competitive intelligence program. Obviously, we, we're looking at more than just that, um, but you know, there's such so many insights that we do get from the win-loss data. Um, you know, I know not every buyer is willing to share, share that, but when they do, I mean, because they're coming just fresh off of a decision that they've made. I mean, they've had eyes on our competitors' product as well as ours. And for those that are willing to share, they, you know, it, it, it's tremendously insightful to hear what they think um, about us versus our competitors. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's, you know, something that they're saying about our company versus their company, or it's our product or our services. And all of that is information that we then pull back into like our competitive intelligence program and use it to create, you know, sales battle cards that they can use um, and pepper in those quotes, um, you know, direct from the buyer. Again, those words of the buyer are just so important. Um, and so the more that we can equip our sales teams with those words, um, that say this is because I, I want to say there's a question that's asked in the assessment that's um, you know somewhere around like why you picked so and so over you know one one over the other um, and in those those answers we we get just such rich information um, and then like I said we want to turn that into tools that our sales team can use. Okay, Christine, last question for you here. What advice would you give? Let's say I'm a new marketer or I'm a marketer that's new to the win-loss kind of space. What advice would you give to your brothers and sisters at arms? You know, uh, how do I do this? What's some best, best, uh, best practices? Yeah, the best thing, and I, I swear you guys aren't paying me to say this. The best thing I ever did was find a good partner um, in, <laughs> in primary intelligence. We did try to go down this road on our own, and it is a lot to manage uh, by yourself. And so, you know, primary intelligence was a breath of fresh air um, in that, 
you know, you did so much of the heavy lifting for us from the scheduling to the assessment management, to the transcriptions, to then just having true voice as a, just such a nice resource to be able to easily pull back and extract the data that I need when I need it. Um, I can go in there with just about any question and be able to find the answer to it. Um, and I really appreciate that. And that has made my life and my job so much easier over the last seven years. So I, I swear you didn't pay me to say that. I, <laughs> I really do appreciate the partnership. Um, so finding a good tool. And, and what I also can really say about having a good partner um, is that I have found that buyers are more apt to tell the partner the truth in the interview process or the survey process than they are us. Um, we get half the story. You guys tend to get more more of the story. And so um, that's been been very valuable to us. Why do you think that is? Why? Do, and, and this is a, a, a little bit a little bit of, you know, psycho human psychology, you know, and, and, and yeah, we're speculating yeah. here. But why do you think that is? Because I've seen that as well. Um, why do you think people are willing to tell a third party the truth, as you put it? You know, I, I don't know um, exactly, but yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I think we develop such a relationship with them through the sales process because our sales cycle is, is fairly long. I mean, it, it can be 12 months or more. And so you spend a lot of time with this buyer. Um, and so even though they, a lot of times the feedback that we get is that they may not have picked us, but it wasn't because they didn't like us. It, you know, and so there are these relationships. We have a very professional sales team. They get high marks from our buyers in win-loss, I mean, all the time. And so I think they don't want to hurt our feelings, maybe. I, maybe mm. that's the psychology of it is that I'll tell you some of why I didn't pick you, but I'm definitely going to tell this. I'm more apt to tell this third party um, a little bit more of the, of the, the ins and outs of it. I don't, I'm speculating, but <laughs> well, that's that's what we're doing here. We're speculating. I always when when people ask me about ask that question, I always respond with our our interviewers are less like interviewers and more like barkeepers, you know, bartenders. And so yeah, they're yeah. they're they're standing behind the bar, you know, rubbing the mahogany and and you know serving out drinks, and you know people just kind of spill their guts. I don't know why, it just happens. And and that seems to be be the case uh, for us as well. Christine, thank you so much for being on our show today. Uh, you have been amazing, insightful. Are there any other uh, insights that you'd like to share with us before we close? No, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to be here today. This is this has been fun, and I hope that it's you know given some folks some things to think about um, in their uh, win loss or voice of the customer journey. And listeners, don't forget to check out the description of this podcast where you will be able to find free resources from both Beeline and Primary Intelligence. Make sure to subscribe and tune in next week as we continue to explore topics on how to improve sales experience, increase win rates, and elevate sales enablement. In the meantime, check us out at primary-intel.com. That's primary-intel.com to find out more on how you can tap into your buyer feedback to win more deals. And we will see you next time.